Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. You're listening to Tyler Rocky and Brian Hanley. It's basketball you talking college hoops. Talking college hoops with you on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Big day of Elite Eight action, especially in our city of Chicago. It's basketball you, Tyler Aki, Brian Hanley, joined in studio by the Field of 68 and Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman, the best in the business at breaking everything in the college basketball world. And Jeff, I mean, we've got a big game in Chicago. We'll get to some of that in a little bit. But I do want to ask you a little bit more about Duke and and the pressure that these kids have had all season long. Have any of the players said anything to you about, like, yeah, it's kind of eaten at me a little bit throughout the course of the season? I mean, Paolo admitted it when I asked him about it after the game. I mean, he he said, listen, yeah, like, we we heard it. I mean, how could you not, Right. right? I mean, it was all about Coach K that day, not necessarily all about the game. And I think throughout the season they were okay, and then they started to feel it going into that Carolina game because, again, it was everything. It was ESPN game day. Everybody was talking about it the whole week. I don't, you know, again, I think they got sort of immune to it when Coach K would go to the, the, you know, road games. They'd present him with something. I don't think that hit him as hard, but I think it hit him when when the world, the college basketball world world converged on – on Durham, in Durham, uh, on Cameron Indoor Stadium that uh, that day, you know, earlier the week, and they just laid an egg. They laid an egg, and you know, I think the the biggest thing is somebody had to step forward and, and kind of be that leader, and they had to grow up after that. And I just remember the one thing I cannot forget, guys, is after the game. So, Kay, you guys remember he came out and he took the microphone and he was like, I apologize. Yep. And his family's like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. And he's like, stop. Don't, don't interrupt me. Here it is. And, Here it is. You know, no, please. No, please. Everyone be quiet. Let me just say it's unacceptable. Classic, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. classic. And everybody ripped on him because he didn't give Carolina any credit there. Um, but I was looking over. I was straight across from the Duke bench. And I couldn't stop looking. And it was like Theo John, their seventh man, and Paolo and Wendell Moore. And they were, it looked like they had just lost in the NCAA tournament. It looked like they had lost the Final Four game. And they couldn't believe it. You could tell how embarrassed they were. And you just wonder if that is going to help them now. Because they got that taste in their mouth of like how bad it could be. I don't want to feel that again. I'm not going to go out that way being embarrassed. And I'm telling you, if they get Carolina again, I think it could be ugly the other way. Hmm. Yeah. When how are you going to remember Coach K? Because you know I don't know if it's just the success. Thirteen Final Fours, going for the sixth title, been there forever. You had him berating student media. I mean, we've seen the good and the bad. Yeah. He's a Bobby Knight disciple for wherever that is, but he's the northwest side of Chicago kid, you know, done great. How are you going to remember him? Because he has, uh, you know, he's polarizing for, for I guess it's just if you're around long enough, maybe you are. It's amazing for me because as a young kid getting in, you know, back when I was 25 years old, I was fortunate to, to start to cover college basketball, got in through recruiting. And I remember saying to myself, I'm not even going to bother trying to get to know Coach K. Like, he was in his 50s then, and I'm like, all right, he's probably got five, ten more years left. I'm not going to get to know him. 
And I've been able to do like several sit down one on ones with him. Now we've had our issues too. Mm -hmm. We've had our issues. He went after me because I've said on the air at ESPN numerous times how much of a recruiting advantage it was that he was coaching USA basketball. And he went after me one time in Vegas at an AU event shortly after that and tried to tell me that wasn't the case. And I just said, I'm like, Mike, and I. I that's I not even a slight, though. Yeah, that, like, and that's what I said to him. I said, Mike, you earned it. Yeah. You earned it. Like, embrace it. You got Jaleel Okafor, Tyus Jones, and Justice Winslow partially because you got that title because they were in the USA basketball system. I said, I know, and you got to remember, I'm a recruiting guy. Right. So I know you brought players over and introduced them to Kevin Durant. I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> I know you did a one-hour sit-down with Austin Rivers, which was basically an illegal sit-down when he was in USA Basketball. So I said, like, don't BS me. Right. Like, I, you're, not, you're not talking to somebody who doesn't know kind of the AAU scene and, and, and those kids. Um, but again, listen, unbelievable coach has adapted. That's the biggest thing for Kay yes. to me. Mm -hmm. At his age, he has adapted and found out. I mean, think about it. LeBron loves him. LeBron <laughs> loves him. Like, like LeBron might send his you know kid to Duke just because of Kay, even though Kay's not there. He loves him. All those guys at USA Basketball. Think about how hard it is to get the respect of NBA superstars these days. And a yeah. college coach was able to go in there and earn all of their respect. That, to me, says more about Coach K than anything else he's ever done because you can get caught. Once you're successful enough, those college kids coming in, you have them. Yeah. Right. right? Like They're not going to go against Tom Izzo, Bill Self, Coach K. But if you can go in and get the respect and get those NBA guys to play the right way, man, that says a lot about who you are. Jeff Goodman from the Field of 68 and Stadium. Find his podcast, the Goodman and Hummel podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right. So what is the bigger story for you? Okay. I'm not asking you to, to pick a side. What are you rooting for? But yeah. what's the bigger story? Coach K taking on Carolina in the Final Four or Coach K taking on St. Peter's? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think, I think you go either way with this. Now, we've seen Coach K Carolina enough. Okay. We've never seen a 15 seed get to the final four. We may never see it again. Mm -hmm. So you have the ultimate underdog, Shaheen Holloway, and St. Peter's, a team that didn't even win the regular season in the MAC. That was Rick Pitino, of course, um, against the GOAT. I would say that's a bigger story to me. I, I Listen, a lot of people are going to say, well, Carolina, they could end his career. I get it. And that would obviously be, be huge. Carolina Duke in the final four. But I don't know. I, I The GOAT against the 15th seed. Could you pick a bigger David and Goliath story ever? I think that's a bigger story. And St. Peter's, I mean, they've earned it to get here, right? Yeah. And, and Tyler talked about how they transform. And they still are challenged to score, but they're not turning the ball over. And that defense gave Purdue all could handle and then some. So... And everyone believes Shaheen Holloway's heading to Seton Hall, his alma mater. And, 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 as long as they is, give him enough of this. Well, well they'll give him enough of that. Yeah. The let's... worst kept secret? Is that the worst kept secret of the tournament right he now? Was, he was going there even if he didn't be, beat Kentucky. Like, this really? thing was done yeah. before. Yeah, because Kevin Willard was done to right. Maryland. Mm -hmm. Right? So this was already basically done. Now, the money obviously has been elevated. Every win he gets. <laughs> sure. yeah. Right? Yeah. Seton Hall, it probably started at, you know, a million and a half. We're probably up to, you know, two and a half million. I don't know oh, what he's going to get. Oh, even more than that, I would guess. I don't know if he'll get three. 
I don't know if he'll get three. Is that a danger, though? Because we've seen some, like, is he riding a a contract here on the basis of three or four wins? No, because if you look at this program, and again, I I put this out there, it's it's the worst program, worst job in the MAC. Mm. And he's done a good job each year. Right? Like, obviously yeah. not to the point where they are now. But it's not like it's a fluke within the MAC. He's been right. top of the league for the last few years. And he's years. going up, like you mentioned. Rick Pitino's in his conference. Right. That, that's right. not easy right. to, to go toe-to-toe with him every, yeah. every single yeah. year. Yeah, so I don't – I think Seton Hall – listen, if I were Maryland and I had a do-over – I'd hire Shaheen Holloway instead of Kevin Willard. Hmm. I, I really would. Well, yeah, you, you wonder if some mystery suitor will sw- you know, know swoop in, and th- especially the if he gets in New Orleans. What do you think, the Knicks? No. Well, I saw you tweeting <laughs> yeah. about Frank Vogel. Lakers, Lakers, yeah. right. Lakers I mean, Knicks. Yeah, like, no, I mean, but seriously, you know, all of a sudden some AD gets itchy and like, oh, I can right. top whatever Seton Hall's Pittsburgh. got on the table. Yeah. Pittsburgh would be the one because they can't pay for, for Capel to go away right, right now. Heather liked the AD there. But if all of a sudden... You know, some some uh, boosters came to her and said, "Hey, you know what? If you can get Jaheen Holloway, I'll throw in an extra mill." Oh yeah, who knows? Well, you know, and speaking of coaches, we were talking about Jay Wright, and this team doesn't have the talent ahead in sixteen and eighteen, and we'll have see how he can do with. Unfortunately, it looks like without Justin Moore, but he quietly goes about doing this on a regular basis and doesn't get near the attention or spotlight, and I'm sure that's okay with him and his players. But good Lord, I was saying a few years ago, he was rumored to be think, think about coming to DePaul, how that would have changed basketball here in Chicago. Is right? Yeah, I think his sister was, a, really? was teaching there or something, and he was, wow. but I mean, it obviously didn't happen. But this guy just quietly, this team is, is, as Tyler said, they're like robots in a good way, yeah. disciplined. And he just tells them what to do, and they go out and do it. And, and Gillespie doesn't have a great game. That's okay. Someone else is going to step up. They, they just play the game exactly the way you want them to play the game if you're a head coach. Like you said, they're robots, and they, they take pride in it. I, I've talked to Gillespie about this and Jermaine Samuels, you know, and, and they, they embrace the fact. When you call them robots, yeah. most kids would be offended by it. They actually love it because, again, they don't show any emotion. You don't know if they're up 20 or down 20 during the game. They don't get rattled. They just move the basketball. They turn down a good shot for a great shot every single time. Now, again, they're five deep now. Yeah, Th- This is the problem. And I told Jay this, actually, at the beginning of the year. They played Mohegan Sun, and I asked him, I said, why didn't you go to the portal for another big guy? Because they got one, Eric Dixon. And if he gets in foul trouble, which if they play Kansas, Dixon against McCormick and Lightfoot and Jalen Wilson driving the ball, it's going to be tough for him to stay out of foul trouble. I I was shocked that he didn't go to the portal uh, for a long athletic big, but they really – they have one transfer on their whole team, and now he's going to be key, which is Caleb Daniels yep, yeah. coming from uh, uh, from Tulane. So, real quick, we'll get you out of here. Jeff Goodman with us for a few more minutes here on ESPN 1000 Basketball U. We're in the state of Illinois here, and obviously there's no more Illinois teams remaining in the tournament right now, but wh- who's going to be the best team in the state of Illinois in three to five years? Because we've got a new coach. The in. Chicago State, are they eligible? <laughs> <laughs> Only if they hire Gillian's, Mark Titus, right? Listen, Gillian's done an awesome job there this yeah. year. So, um, I, I, But but, but yeah. between Illinois yeah. and, and obviously DePaul has a new head coach, they're getting some top 50 guys into yep. their program right now. Um, and a lot of people in the area would love to see them get good again. Northwestern is yeah. just what Northwestern Chris, is Chris right now. Like he's on the clock, if I read the AD's uh, remarks Which correctly. He yeah, and, right. he, and he should be this yeah. year. Yeah. Like yeah. this this is a make or break year yeah, for Chris Collins. Like enough is enough, and I love Chris yeah, everyone as does. a guy. Yeah, but but you gotta you gotta get it back at this point. Yeah. You gotta get it back. I would say to me again, 
Brad Underwood's done a great job there. DePaul's on the uptick, and I could see them being, you know, a fringe tournament team even this year with a portal. Tony Stubblefield's going to be able to get stuff done that other guys can't. He's obviously got strong Nike ties. Yep. That's going to help him. Coming from Oregon, yep. Loyola Chicago, Drew's done an amazing job. I admitted him, but like, and again, this is sort of the, the coaching cycle. Could, how long is Drew going to be there, too? Yeah, probably another year. I mean, honestly, I'd be shocked if somebody... Ba- Listen, all you got to do is look at some of the guys who got high major jobs this year. Lamont Paris wins one NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. okay, from Chattanooga. He gets a head job at South Carolina. We just see Rob Lanier. He, one year, one tournament at Georgia State, he gets the SMU job. All you got to do is get there once. Yeah. Well, Drew already got there. Yep. Drew yep. already got there. Can he do it again next year? I don't know. In a new league with a, with a you know, you're going to have to flip it. But again, the good thing is you got momentum. You're going to stay hot. He's young. He's smart. Does he wait for a really good job? A lot of those prime jobs already flipped, and Tom Izzo is not retiring anytime soon. You'll be one to break it if he does. Uh, I I hope by that point I'll I'll, I'll be in. <laughs> your your daughter's going to be the one breaking. Yes. I hope she yeah. can break that one because yeah. I I think Tom Izzo's honestly I don't even remember how old he is now, but I could see him going ten more years. He's wow. got no hobbies. Wow. Uh, unless a doctor tells Tom Izzo he's got to stop, I, I don't think Tom Izzo stops. And. and- He's shown that he can still do it. Yes. So, Jeff Goodman, feel the 68 in stadium. Thanks so much for joining us today. Enjoy no, the good sun to here in Chicago. Oh, it's pretend it's not here. 22 beautiful degrees. Beautiful out here. We're yeah. going to head over to the arena and uh, watch what hopefully will be a good game. I think it will. I think Kansas yeah. will win. But I think I Miami's going to give them a little something. Yeah, they're like average age. is like 36 years old, yeah. right? They're, 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 off, Tyler. they're off their uh, their parents' insurance already. Sorry, <laughs> that's right. so. Pretty much. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks. We will be back. We'll get into a little bit more with St. Peter's, UNC, Kansas, Miami. Everything going on today. That is coming up next on Basketball U. Basketball U on Chicago's home for sports. Get the Basketball U podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Here are your hosts, Tyler Rocky and Brian Hanley. Well, you Elite Eight action today. We had some great games yesterday. We should have a couple more great ones today. UNC St. Peter's. Also, we've got Kansas taking on Miami. That game is here in Chicago, tipping off at 120 here from the United Center. Tyler Aki, Brian Hanley here with you. Basketball you every single Sunday of the NCAA tournament. We just had Jeff Goodman on. Great stuff with him. If you missed any of that, go check out the podcast of Basketball You on the ESPN Chicago app. And you search under the additional podcast. You'll see it right there. Basketball U. Let's get into some of today's games, Brian. We'll start with the one local here. The first tip off of the day, Kansas and Miami. The spread on this one has dipped down to five and a half now. So if you got it when it came out, I believe it opened at six and a half. It's now down to five and a half. But you've got a Kansas team that, quite frankly, I don't think has played all that great in the tournament so far. We've brought up a number of times Remy Martin has certainly flipped a switch, but they haven't had the consistent big guy play that we're used to out of Kansas really this entire season. But they're playing solid basketball right now. But if they're at their best, they are the clear-cut favorite to win this whole thing. And they may have to be at their best against a Miami team who's shown 
that they can beat anything. They, they went up against Iowa State, one of the three best defenses in the country, and they dropped 70 on them and, and blew them out. They blew out Auburn, and then they played a narrow game against USC. But if you remember that USC game, Miami was in control of that thing for pretty much the entirety of it and was on the verge of blowing out Carol, uh, USC. So Miami is looking like one of the more underrated teams in this tournament right now as a 10 seed. You mentioned, you know, that the, the guards are, you know, a lot of those guys are off the uh, parents' insurance. That's how old. Yeah. But Charlie Moore, and you've got uh, McGusty, and you've got Isaiah Wong, three terrific guards that are doing it. Could you make the case, Tyler Aki, that this is the best defensive team? We, we talked about how they're St. Peter's without being, you know, yeah. America's uh, favorite team now. Mm-hmm. With You know, they're not getting that hoopla, but they're quietly just shutting teams down. I mean, they're 19, they're holding opponents to 19% threes in, in Auburn and Iowa State, right? So they're, they're putting the clamps down on these guys. And, um, I just, I, right now, their, their scramble defense is really giving teams fits. And it may, now, conversely, you look at Kansas and Remy Martin is to, to my, yeah. my way of thinking the best player remaining in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And he's flipped that switch, but it's been going on for a while now. And he's bringing the points, and he's hitting 40% threes. And he's he's the guy who was that Pac-12 player two years running, where yeah. he's almost 20 points per game, right? right? And after the knee injury, he's had some stumbles. He anyway, ends up at Kansas, and now the way he's playing, you could say, okay, if you have the best player by country mile, you, you should probably yeah. feel pretty good about yourself, right? Right. And, and again, this is a Miami team. That we talked about it with St. Peter's. We talked about it with, with all these different point guards that are playing better. We talked about it with Jeff. This is a Miami team that has just locked in defensively. And if this team locks in defensively, they're not a 10 seed. If this team locks in defensively, they're more like a two or three seed yeah. because they have one of the best offenses in the country. They do not turn the ball over. I mean, it's so fun. It's so ironic coming from the football team who prides itself on the turnover chain here. This team doesn't turn the ball over one lick. They're sixth best in the nation in turnover percentage and they make their free throws and, and they're just a good overall shooting team with some guys that have plenty of experience. You brought up McGusty and more. Um, they, they don't really have the big that can, that right. can bang with you down low, but. Sam Wardenberg's a guy who can step out six foot ten and, and he shoots forty two percent from three. So they can beat you in a number of different ways. And when the defense is clicking, I mean, listen to these point totals that they've allowed in the NCAA tournament. 66, 61, 56. That's from one of the worst defensive teams in the ACC. And now all of a sudden, here they are, a yeah. step away from the final four. And, and you know, you mentioned how they protect the ball and take care of the ball. Remy Martin averaging less than one turnover per game the last five games. Yeah. So not only is he lighting it up offensively, he, it's because he still has the ball in his hands. He's not losing it, you know, and it's not going the other way on you. And Miami's cannot rebound the basketball either. I mean, they're, they're hovering around like the 300th best team in the country in terms of the, uh, rebounding. And I, I just don't think it matters. I don't think it matters when you protect the ball at the clip that they do because it's all about limiting extra possessions for the other team, right? Well, so you're going to surrender a bunch on the rebounding department, right? But if you're not giving teams fast break opportunities off of these turnovers that that you're committing, you're putting yourself in a, a damn good situation. And, and that's exactly what Miami has done throughout this NCAA tournament. And they've got a chance today against Kansas. It's a one versus 10 matchup, but you've got two great coaches, 
Jim Laranaga is trying to take another double-digit seed to the Final Four. If you remember, he was the head coach of George Mason. What was that, 2006, yep. when he took them to the Final Four? As he's one. having fun with Charles Barkley. So right, keep exactly. Shirt on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, about, how about this? Charles Barkley and, and, um, and Jim Laranaga. This was a, a wager that was made. Charles said he was going to take his shirt off if, if Auburn, Auburn beat Miami. Well, um, to, be, to begin with, I, I was tuned in to the uh, games before us, and I, I listened to Charles Barkley um, tell the, the CBS crew that if Auburn won, he would take off his, his shirt. And, and I, I, I thought to myself, man, no one wants to see that, Chuck. <laughs> so we did everything possible to, to make it possible that he wouldn't have to do that. And that's just the guy he is. He's, he's easygoing, yep. South Beach, Jim Laranega. Like, that's who he is. And you know what? Probably keeps the pressure off his kids with that kind of demeanor, too, right? Absolutely. And, and he's got some good ones on his team. Yeah. And, and so that's why I give him a shot. It's just this team that no one's really paying attention to, even down in Miami. They're not paying attention to. They're all at the beach. So it's just this, this team quietly going about its business and playing its best basketball at the right time of year. So right now, Ken Palm projects this as a seven-point game in favor of Kansas. Again, that building is going to be, what, 90, 95% Jayhawk fans? Yes. I wonder if our, our boss, Danny Zetterman, is going to be in attendance at oh, the UC. He better be. Um, if he's not on vacation, which, ironically, I believe he was down in Florida. But, um, <laughs> he's in a Miami hotel watching his team. Yeah. <laughs> but th- this, to me, I-, I think of the way that Miami wins this game is I think you do, even though that they score at the clip that they do, they play at a pretty slow pace. Mm -hmm. And if you can get Kansas to sort of play at your pace because they want to get up and down and run on you, if you can slow down Kansas and and you chop down the number of possessions that occur in this game, Miami's going to have a chance. Which player, not named Remy Martin, do you have to make make sure is MIA today if you're Miami's defense? I think it's really tough to shut down both Remy and Oshayabaji. Because, yeah. like, Oshayabaji, I mean, you're talking about a player of the year candidate there, guy who has just continued to develop. I always said with Oshai, every single year watching him at Kansas, I was like, all right, he's, he's going to go to the NBA after this year. And he just never has. Right. I mean, I'm talking about all the way back from his freshman season, too. I was like, all right, that guy's got it. He's going to go be a second rounder, but then he'll turn into a developmental piece in the NBA. And he's just going to go because that's what kids do now. They go to the NBA when they're given the chance. I've always said that about him, but I think the one guy, if this guy's killing you, you're done. If you're Miami, it's Christian Brown. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the guy I'm keeping my eye on here because he, he shoots about 40% from three, and he's sort of their microwave guy where he can put a basketball game away. So you've got he, the defense that's holding uh, opponents, last two opponents, to 19% threes, and Brown is the guy who heats it up for, for Kansas. Something's got to give, right? Right, and, and this is a Kansas team that is really good at shooting the three ball, too. They're shooting about 36% on the season, and they're pretty good defensively, too, at holding you from shooting from three. And, and they're top 25 in, in three-point defense, I think that's going to be a challenge for Miami. I do think Kansas wins the game, but I, I think it is going to be a really good one. If you're going to the UC, we'd love to hear from you. 312-332-3776. What are your thoughts on Kansas and Miami if you're on your way to the game right now? But I, I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. The United Center has been treated to some really good basketball so far in the, the Sweet 16, and I think they're going to get another one here in the Elite Eight. There's no pressure on Bill Self. Right, I mean, he's there forever, and he's got his two four, 240 hours of private plane time in his contract. Yep. I mean, he's not, but he is this guy who often comes up 
a little bit short, right? Has the great talent, year in, year out, the, the program recruits itself, likable enough guy for, to most people, all that. But doesn't he, I mean, if Miami dispatches him today as good as Miami, as well as Miami's playing, and as much as that program is doing, playing his best basketball this time of year, it's just Bill Self needs to start getting to the Final Four on a more regular basis, right? Which is yeah. a difficult thing to do. I know you can sit here and say, oh, yeah, you just got to get to the Final Four. But I, I, to me, it's just like he, he, he's always, ah, shucks. And, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any pressure on him because, again, his job's not in the balance or anything else. But it just seems to me that that program it not necessarily underachieves, but comes up a little bit short more often than it should. Yeah, I'm looking right now. They've got one Final Four since 2009. A couple Absolutely. of Elite Eights, a couple of Sweet Sixteen yeah. sprinkled in there. Now but think about all the talent it's had over yeah. those years, too. Yeah, and again, they, they've been they've had the dark FBI cloud hovering over them a little Bruce bit, too. Bruce Weber made, made sure everyone was aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this. Little little nugget for you here. The last time the United Center hosted an Elite Eight game, it was actually six years ago to the day, it involved a 10 seed taking down a 1 seed when Syracuse had the great comeback against Virginia to go to the Final Four. That was six years ago to the day. And now we've got a 10 seed with a chance to take down a 1 seed to move to the Final Four. You don't get a lot of 10 versus 1 matchups. No. Let alone in the same no. building. And for some reason, that building has some magic for some of these upsets. You could see one today if you're heading down to the UC. Yeah. And, and speaking about you know programs that come up short but before we get out of here at noon i'm sure we'll talk touch on purdue mm-hmm. if not now when and that uh, well gonzaga too that's another if not now when yeah but i mean just you know illinois you try and figure out okay where do they go from here and who's going to be around but if you're matt painter with this team that had um aspirations and and almost inked in especially with the upset of kentucky early on yeah i mean the path was clear to get to new orleans yep and and you are sitting down there in West Lafayette going, what the hell happened here? How, 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 how come we're still not bouncing the basketball? Right. All right, we've got one more Elite Eight game to get to. It's St. Peter's and UNC. Will the Darlings move on, or can Hubert Davis, in his first season at Carolina, bring the Tar Heels to the Final Four as an eight seed, believe it or not? Can he do it? That is coming up next. We'll also get to the programs that are coming up short, because we've seen a lot of them, and a lot of them are star-driven. And I've got a little theory I want to drop by you, Brian. So we will do all of that coming up in just a little bit. Welcome back to Basketball U on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, Tyler Rocky and Brian Hanley. day of the Elite Eights here in Chicago. Tyler Aki, Brian Hanley with you from our first Midwest Bank State Street Studios. Don't forget, you can watch the show on Twitch too. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Shout out to all the Twitchers. We love talking with you guys throughout the course of the show. It's Basketball U with you every single Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament. All right, we do have to get to one more game, St. Peter's and UNC, but I do want to get to a tweet from our guy Danny Zetterman, big Jayhawk fan, Jayhawk alum. He says, my Jayhawks are playing to go to the Final Four in Chicago today. I have access to tickets, but refuse to go. I've seen them play in the Elite Eight twice before, and they lost both times. I'm taking one for the team to ensure a victory today. Is my refusal to go the right call or crazy? He's a mush. Yeah. That's what he's saying. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) 
Okay, whatever it takes, a guy. Uh, you know, wherever, Danny. I mean, if you if you're the bad luck charm, then stay well away from uh, the UC because you want your Jayhawks to get to New Orleans, and then you go there, right? Then you take yeah, that trip you, down then, there. Yeah, you, you take the show down there. Yeah, there you go. See take that down there. Too. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, Bourbon yeah. Street. It's a good time down yeah. there. Uh, and one of our our tweet uh, tweeters out there, Darren said his niece is a, a Kansas alum. Glad. Glad they had the attorney, but I knew those Kansas people come here and mess up traffic. Have you noticed the Kansas people messing up traffic? I have not. I, I think I've seen more Iowa State people mess up traffic trying to get out of town. I think that, Are they that's... they tractors? <laughs> or what? Uh, and then we, we just had uh, a photo shoot in the middle of State Street in front of the Chick-fil-A and the um, Medieval Torture Museum. Was that a wedding couple? Nothing, nothing says wedding like a closed Chick-fil-A on a Sunday in the medieval torture museum. Yeah, and, and so they have this professional and a, and a photographer. And a CTA uh, Chevy outside. Yeah, parked in the middle of the street just because they could. And and the woman was kicking her leg up back, and she had the, the skirt that was slid up the all the way. kick, yeah. I mean, I don't, if that was a wedding, I'd give it over under in six months. <laughs> but anyway, it's just whatever you see here on State Street, uh, that great street. Absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, this St. Peter's and UNC game because, I mean, do you have this one? Anyone pick this one? Carolina, St. Peter's? I am a peacock! you got to let me fly! So looking <laughs> at Carolina here, the eight seed, and listen, I, you've kind of been able to tell. Uh, we've laid the formula out for you here on Basketball U. With North Carolina, you know if they're winning the basketball game within the first five minutes. And, and that's played out throughout the NCAA tournament, a little less so against UCLA, but you can tell when Carolina is going to win the game. You, you just can. They're either going to look disinterested from the get-go, or they're going to come out guns a-blazing. They, they came out guns a-blazing against Marquette and Baylor, and then against UCLA, they hung with them. They hung with a good UCLA team. And here we are. We're looking at a chance for Carolina as an eight seed in Hubert Davis's first season, when people were ready to kick him out to the curb. Yep. After at the, and then they close out the the regular season with five straight wins, but here they are a chance to get to the final four, and you have to beat a fifteen seed. This is where Carolina's at right now. This is a really good spot if you're a Tar Heel. And they're what eight eight point six and a half point favorites. Uh, I believe eight and a half. Eight and a half right now, favorites. Ken Palm's projecting a seventy two sixty four victory for Carolina. Ooh, uh, yeah, and seventy eight percent of the money on uh, America's team, St. Peter's. Um, I don't. I should feel better that UNC has gotten this point in the tournament after embarrassing Marquette, but I don't um, because Marquette did a lot to embarrass themselves in that game. But again, as you mentioned, not only the interest level in the first five minutes with UNC are they making their shots and are they yeah. making their threes, right? And believe me, when you take ninety-one of them and make thirty-seven percent of them, that goes a long way to giving you a comfort level of, of winning each and every game and getting in New Orleans. So. Uh, yeah, you'll find out if if Caleb Love is is lighting it up and doing what he did from distance the other night. They should have no problem. I, I really believe that. But I don't think they can win another game where he has five points and falls out, or just is you know just a guy or or doesn't show right. up. They need him. They need uh, all hands on deck against this team. And listen, this St. Peter's team has shut down teams. They've shut down. I mean. You took Kentucky and you out-rebounded them. Yep. One of the best rebounding teams with the single best rebounder in the sport in Oscar Shibwe. You beat them in overtime. And usually when those games go to overtime, the 15 seed ain't the one winning. And they went out and had a really, really strong performance there. You blew out Murray State. It ended up being 10 points, but you were in control of that game for 40 minutes. 
And then Purdue, you hung with them, you hung with them, and it kind of had the vibe of, all right, it's cute, it's a nice little run, but the Sweet 16 is usually where the magic rubs yep. off, runs out for whether it's a, a team like St. Peter's or, or even any other 10 seed. That's usually where you see it sort of run out, and lo and behold, here they are with a chance to get to the Final Four still going and, and just proving everybody wrong. And I think part of it is just how much sharper they've gotten with the basketball. And what I mean by that is... They turned the ball over. They were outside the top 300 in turnovers. That, that's awful. That yeah. is not a team yeah. that has a profile. There are 400 teams in, right. the, in the country. That's the profile of a team that doesn't win in its first game, let alone get to the Elite Eight like they have right now. And a big reason why is a lot of it was self-inflicted. Ken Palm has a great statistic, non-steal turnover percentage. So what percent of your turnovers are not self-inflicted right are you throwing it out of bounds are you traveling something of that nature and theirs for the entirety of the season is 10.1 that's 281st in the country that is terrible terrible but you look at what they've done in the ncaa tournament how many times do you see them travel how many times do you see them bounce a ball off a guy's leg out of bounds drop a pass here or there they have gotten so much crisper with the basketball and that's why they've had the success that they've had so far and have pulled off upset after upset after upset. You know, when you look at that, the way they won that Purdue game. So Purdue's defense wasn't all that by any stretch of the imagination, but they had the offense, right? They had the mm-hmm. bigs, they had the guard, they had the NBA player. Purdue went the final, went from 5.17 left on the clock to 25 seconds without a field goal. Yeah. And there goes the game, right? I mean, it was like an 8-0 run. And that was mostly because of St. Peter's defense, right? Right. Frustrating Purdue. And that says something, because as you mentioned, when when Purdue has the clear path to the Final Four, and everyone believes that this is their year to at least get to the Final Four, if not win the whole thing, like my bracket had them win, that that tells you, that validates yet again that what St. Peter's is doing isn't a flukish thing. It's not a Cinderella story. It's, It's a team that's bought in. Now, do I think it ends today? Yes, I do. Would I be shocked if they're in New Orleans? Not at all. So, you know, it, 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 again, I, does everyone want to see the underdog, the, the America's beloved team now, St. Peter's, mm-hmm. showing up in New Orleans because that's what this tournament's supposedly all about? When realistically, this year is the anomaly. Usually you have two or three ones right. sitting in the Final Four. As much as you want to pick upsets early on in the tournament, the chalk usually takes over by the time you get to the Sweet 16. This is a historic upset year obviously st peter's but you've also got miami oh, yeah. yet we might end up with four blue bloods in the final four which is the the most fascinating thing for me is that this league of parody but you've got an eight seed in, in carolina who's making its run right now and then you've but it's got a legacy program right yeah. and then you've got kansas villanova and duke like yeah. the four blue bloods right there i look at st peter's and the one thing that's been so impressive to me is their ability to eliminate the guards and the guard, I mean, Jaden Ivey was awful yeah. against St. Peter's. He had six turnovers, only nine points, didn't shoot the ball well. He was a non-factor in that game. I know he had the 1-3 late, and he nearly sent the game to overtime, too. But that's a guy who should be leading past St. Peter's. He alone is talented enough to go out and beat a St. Peter's, and he just wasn't there in that game. Something seemed off. He didn't want the ball. Um, and I look at what they did in the first game, too. They didn't. They didn't have any sort of resistance against Oscar Shibwe. He went for 30 and 16. He, he did what he does. But you shut down Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler. Carolina, if you shut down Caleb Love and R.J. Davis in this game, all right, 
What do you have, Brady Manning? Yeah, yeah. What do you have, Armando Someone, Baycott? Who's going to beat me? Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen they beat a team with two really good bigs. Which, which they should beat tell you Purdue. That, yeah, they should be able to handle Baycott, right? And, uh, here's the one thing I'm looking at. How big of a factor can Brady Manick be? Because when he scores in double figures this season, Carolina is 23 and 5. When Whoa. he doesn't, they're 4 and 4. If Brady Manick can get going, and we've seen him be one of these big stories of the tournament too, I mean, he is absolutely beloved in Carolina circles. He, he to me, is what Cubs fans feel towards Nick Castellanos. That is how North Carolina feel, fans feel about a guy like Brady Manick. Because he's out there busting his tail. And he's only going to be there for a short time. He's a grad transfer, so this is it for him. This is his one season in Carolina Blue, but let's say this team gets to the Final Four or maybe even wins the whole thing. When they honor that team, if they ever bring it back and honor them like 10 years down the road as the Final Four team or the team that went to the national championship, Brady Manick's going to get the largest round of applause out of any player, even though he's not the full through-and-through four-year Carolina guy, but he is. He's beloved. He, he's got the – people call him the, the next-age Larry Bird in terms of the way he dresses so and everything like that. So he'll have a car dealership down in North Carolina yep. like Larry Bird does in Indiana? If yeah. he wants one, yeah. Larry Bird Ford or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, he'll have a barbecue place with his name on yep, it. He'll yeah. have a sandwich named after him somewhere on Franklin Street. <laughs> I mean, that's what he is. And you look at what he's done for this Carolina team. He's just been Mr. Consistent in the games where even – they seem out of it. Like the games where they do get run out of the gym in the first five minutes, he's still busting his ass out there. All 40 minutes that he's out there. Let me ask you this uh, when we come back. We mentioned Purdue and mm-hmm. Illinois, and we may expand the conversation of the Big Ten. Just how good is it that you know, you're going to lean on the old, oh, well, they beat each other up through the regular season, and that's why they don't have postseason success. I don't buy it, um, mm-hmm. but if you're Matt Painter, what you know is disappointed as Illinois fans are. Can you imagine being a Purdue fan or yeah. Purdue alum? You know, where do you go from here? How do you pick up the pieces again? He's not going anywhere, but how do you get back to having a team that everyone's talking about could be in a Final Four, even though this one should have been in the Final Four? Yeah, we got to talk about the Big Ten, their collapse throughout this tournament, and Gonzaga. Yep, Gonzaga is another team where. If not now, when? We're going to dive into all of that. It's Basketball You here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Aki and Brian Hanley. We'll be right back. This is Basketball You. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Every Sunday of the NCAA tournament, this is your home for college hoops talk. Tyler Aki, Brian Hanley with you on Basketball U. 10 to noon every single Sunday throughout the tournament. And if you missed anything from the show, check out the podcast. We had a great interview with Jeff Goodman. That's on the Basketball U podcast. So download the ESPN Chicago app and go to additional podcasts. You'll find the Basketball U podcast with myself and Brian Hanley. And you can hear our conversation with Jeff Goodman. Thank you to Jake Cantu as well for producing today's show. All right, we got to address the, the Big Ten elephant in the room here. And it's funny. We haven't really had to talk about the Big Ten today because they're all gone. They're gone. They're, gone. Yeah, they're, they're out of town. So this could have been a great day for the Big Ten here in Chicago. You had the potential to have Iowa going up against Wisconsin. That could have been your Elite Eight right now. 
Instead, you've got Kansas going up against Miami. So the Big Ten, they lead the way with nine teams. None of them get to the Elite Eight. Only one of them, or rather I should say two of them, get to the Sweet 16. And one of them, a lot of people didn't even think should be in the tournament in Michigan. But what's the deal with the Big Ten right now? Why can't they get over the hump and get to some of these deeper portions of the tournament right now. Yeah, I, again, I'm not buying the old, it's a physical league and the grind and the beatdown of the regular season. Every league's physical. Yeah. Every league's physical. Absolutely. And, and, and now, let's face it, I mean, with the transfer portal and everything else, it's not that these guys are here one year. It's not like, you know, they're black and blue division, no, the old no blood, no foul. That mm-hmm. stuff falls out the window, right? Yeah. So, and, and every year in, you're out. They get seven, eight, nine teams into the NCAA tournament and around the country. People are like, oh, you know, why is that always a given? The minimum seven Big Ten teams are going. But usually minimum seven Big Ten teams are going, right? So it's it's this is more than disappointing. It's almost embarrassing to yeah. see them flame out the way they did this year. Now, we talked about Wisconsin and, and maybe their NIT team without their, their player of the year. Um, Brad Underwood, I thought. You know, you, you really had too much talent, and I thought he was rationalizing it when they checked out early in the Big Ten tournament. Said, oh, well, it's okay. We're tired. Again, you, oh, you know, it's that time of year. We can go down to Champagne, get rejuvenated, be ready to go for the tournament. Not so much. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's trying to rationalize it and put a positive spin on an underachieving story. And you want to know the funny part about that, too. It, let's say St. Peter's pulls off another upset today. Yeah. Three teams. If... If Kansas wins, St. Peter's wins, and obviously Villanova's already through, three teams that won their conference tournament are going to be in this uh, it means in the Final Four. Yeah. It means something. You know, the, the Illini not only blew a seed or two, they blew geography, right? They had yeah. to go out east. They, 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 had, they could have made it the easiest road possible and had enough talent, I think, arguably, to get, yeah. to, get to the Final Four, or certainly deeper than they did. But so that, you know, to, to say, oh, it's not a big deal, it is a big deal. Because teams that get through the tournament usually are playing their best basketball, and it means something to keep the momentum going and everything else. So I, I wasn't buying that, so he needs to regroup down there. But I, as, as disappointing as that early exit was, both from the conference tournament and the uh, NCAA tournament, the Matt Painter thing, I, I just, in West Lafayette, it's basketball. I mean, yeah. it, you know, as much as the, the, Purdue football team has done much better the last couple of years. It's all about hoops down there, right? Yeah. Go back to Gene Cady and everything else. I mean, you used to cover games down there. You couldn't hear yourself think. Clearly. I mean, there's. I've heard people say there is nothing more hopeless than sitting on that opposing bench oh. and, and watching Purdue get rolling at Mackey. Absolutely. Like, there's the, the, nothing the more hopeless. The noise reverberates off the roof and comes right back down on top of you, yeah. right? I mean, it's a very intimidating place, just like uh, back in Iowa uh, at uh, – Carver Hawkeye, you know that the, yeah. that place was a pretty intimidating place for for Big Ten opponents to go to as well. So it's all about basketball there, and I don't know how many more of these gut punches that the Purdue fans can take. And uh, would love love to hear you know from Purdue Nation, you know what what is it about the Big Ten, and what is the, is the talent just not good enough, the coaching not good enough? What is it? Because arguably, you look on paper, it should be good enough to get when you get nine in. It's not asking too much to get one through, right? Here's what my biggest issue was this season with the Big Ten. And it happened in the tournament. There was, a, there was plenty of talent. All mm-hmm. right, Ta- Talent was not the issue in the Big Ten this season. It was that talent did not show up in the yep. biggest moments. It didn't. L- look what happened with Jaden Ivey. He got shut down by a 15 seed. 
absolutely shut down. Nine points, six turnovers. We brought that up earlier. Look at what happened with Johnny Davis in, in that final game against Iowa State. He had 17 points, but he also had four turnovers. And a lot of those 17 points didn't really come until the end when he was just clawing his way through yep. trying to make something happen. It was too late at that point when he racked up those 17 points. And then look what happened with Keegan Murray, too. They lose in the first round for Iowa. There's just all this talent and all this NBA lottery caliber talent did not show up in this tournament. And you look across the the board at some of these other teams, and I think you could say the same thing about Auburn, too, and the SEC. They they floundered just as much as the Big Ten this year. No doubt. Jabari Smith. And I don't think it's as much Jabari Smith's fault because for some reason his teammates don't want to, to give the ball to a guy who's six foot ten and can shoot over the top of anybody. Now who's yeah, whose problem is that? Maybe the coach. That might be on Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. But I just saw a lot of NBA talent that did not show up in this NBA or in this NCAA tournament. They're all gonna move on. They're all gonna be lottery picks still. But that's me. That was my biggest issue with it. On the note of Gonzaga, we do have to hit on Gonzaga because they lose to Arkansas. If not now, when? I mean, I, I think, and again, I was never a big Gonzaga supporter. I, I thought it was, uh, like, it's a cute little story, the, the nice team out of Spokane, Washington, for the longest time, until two years ago. That's when I started to say, you know what? They're getting these McDonald's All-Americans. Yep. They're a legit program now. They brought in Jalen Suggs, and then this past season, they get the number one player in the country in Chet Holmgren. I was like, all right, this is the year that Gonzaga... The, like th- this, this is the tide turning here. This is Gonzaga becoming that big boy blue blood program. They just have to win it all, and they didn't this well, year. Well, hey, and, and we talked about last week the, the Drew Timmy speech at halftime works one time, right? And then you come out and lay that egg after that. After you know you, you clawed back and won a game, you should have won much easier than you did. And I got a new mustache for you because you know you said if Drew Timmy was down at Duke. With the you know with the mustache oh and twirling the mustache and touching the mustache, he'd be the hate, most hated player. He'd in, be the most hated player in America. Now I don't think he'd be the most hated player, but uh, Doug Eater, Eater, is that a <laughs> Doug Eater? Yeah. Now there's a mustache. The, the most recognizable six man in in all of, of basketball, I really. You gotta let me fly. That's Doug Eater for you. That, and, and that is uh, what you call adult. Uh, film mustache quality right there, <laughs> and they, they and they show the pictures of him without a mustache. And, and Ian Eagle has called every single St. Pete's game so far, and, and he has just been appalled that they even used that picture. I know and they even have that picture in the files. It looks right like he's now. thirteen without the mustache, and good for him though because oh. he's one of those guys who's cashing in right now. I don't Absolutely. know. He got his his nil deal with Buffalo Wild Wings. Like that's that's what that stuff is meant yep. to be here. So and and we should mention our Twitter polls before we get out of here too, right? Yeah, because one surprise me who do you want duke to face north carolina or st peter's well I, everyone apparently not embracing st peter's north carolina 53 percent because they know what's good they know what's good for the tournament and they, then they know that coach k he's going to waltz his way in, into new orleans or into the championship game and then st pete's who do you want to see uh, kansas unc 53 percent and uh kansas st peter's 22 percent miami st peter's 15 percent miami unc 10 percent so it's all, All up about for the ACC. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. All right, well, that is going to do it for us. Real quick, who do you have today? I've got uh, Miami plus the points and wouldn't say an upset's out of the question. And I think uh, St. Peter's, uh, I think Shaheen Holloway will be announced at Seton Hall by Tuesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the, the Carolina front. Uh, I think Kansas might have... Uh, I think the numbers dipped enough for me yeah. to where I would like Kansas. So, All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Jake Cantu for producing, and we'll be back next week. 
Midwest Bank, a division of Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good car.